The offense continues to struggle in what can only be classified as definitely a baseball game. Today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Wednesday, April 20th, 2022. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, and that is, of course, including the YouTube. Um, I mean, what uh, a baseball game that was certainly played on Tuesday night. My goodness. Um, let's, I don't even know. I don't even know. That was a train wreck. It was an utter train wreck. The fact that the score is four to two it, final was, is, is honestly some sort of a miracle. And, and it's because they struggled a lot too, but neither team struggled enough to fall enough forward to score a bunch of runs or to have the runs pile up. It was just pure, just bad, gross baseball. And uh, I mean, the first two innings were, were like an hour and 40 minutes long. I I mean, golly, goodness gravy, man. That, I mean, that was, that, that was rough. And the, there was some good pitching performances yet again, but we're not going to be able to, to avoid the offense any longer we're not going to be able to just kind of push that aside and go oh well the offense is struggling but you know they'll pick it up eventually we're gonna have to talk about it because the offense has been brutal so far to start off the season and that was no different on Tuesday night I will say this they drew some walks they they did draw quite a lot of walks the problem is Everybody knows me and, and and knows that I love walks more than just about anybody on the planet, right? Love a good walk. The issue is you you can't you can't only walk. You know that that can't be your entire offense. Your entire offense can't just be walking. You have to be able to take advantage of the balls that are eventually in the strike zone and and not hit double plays or or popouts once you finally do get something to hit. If you could, in theory, I guess, if you could just walk, you know, all game long, I guess eventually you would, you would probably be pretty fair. You would fare off pretty well, but you you, you got to be able to, to take advantage of the balls that are in the strike zone eventually, man. And we have certainly not done that really at all to start off the season. These offensive numbers by player are atrocious. I mean, atrocious, man. So like, like, okay, like for instance, okay, Robbie Grossman finally gets a hit today, right? Gets an RBI, gets a nice little sacrifice, two strikeouts, whatever. Doesn't get his signature Robbie Grossman walk, but gets a hit. That hit raised his batting average to 130 and his OPS to 406. Now I'm okay with the batting average being low, if he was had an on-base percentage of, of a ridiculously high number. Because 
Robbie Grossman specifically, I'm okay with just walking as much as possible. He's in the leadoff spot. Just get on base and let the people behind you hit you in, right? The problem is he's not really doing too much of anything. Got a hit, and it raised his numbers to a barely over 400 OPS. Now, it is still early, and I'm not saying that all these are going to stay. Candelario has a 409 OPS to start off the season, right? And I, I, I think Candy's a great hitter, and I think he'll be back to his around 800 OPS that we're now accustomed to over his last two seasons. But And, and also, Candy has like that weird thing where he – kind of always starts out slow. Even the last two years, though, he's been good. He, he started out slow. 2020 especially started off really, really slow uh, and then kind of came around eventually. So I have faith in these guys. I, I still have faith that everybody's going to be fine and everything's going to be okay. But golly, it, it's it's become an unavoidable thing that, that we need to discuss. Grossman, 406 OPS. Austin Meadows, the only dude on this team that has really showed up so far this season on a, on a consistent day-to-day -day basis. A 944 OPS in this one. Uh, he went 0 for 3 but had two walks. His on-base percentage on the season, I'll give you a chance to guess. Okay, Say out loud. Take a guess on what you think Austin Meadows' OVP is on the year. Really good guess. I'm proud of you. It's 500, though. He has, up to this point in the season, got on base in half of his at-bats, plate appearances. That's remarkable. That's remarkable. 444 slugging is also not bad. It's just completely dwarfed by his Barry Bonds-esque on-base percentage. And obviously, is that sustainable? No, but it's, it's still, being that the rest of the team couldn't hit water if it fell out of a boat, I'm okay with with having at least one dude that, that's showing an unsustainable level of production offensively. All right, I'm okay with it. 500 OBP, 944 OPS, almost a 400 batting average too. Dude's just been insane. Jonathan Scope, really struggling. Had two walks though. And, and that raised his on-base percentage to 195. The, the the two walks rate two in a game raised his on base percentage to still being sub two hundred. Slugging percentage is at two sixty three. That one home run he hit last week pretty much carrying everything on its back with that slugging percentage of even that low, four fifty eight OPS. Obviously terrible. <laughs> Jamer Candelario four oh nine. We already talked about Miguel Cabrera six ninety five. I think most people are expecting a low 700s OPS is like a win at this point from Miggy. So, sure. If he can maintain a 281 batting average with that OPS, sure. Why not? I'll take that out of the six or seven hole for the year. And uh, and, and get, to get, so, uh, what, one step closer? He had one hit tonight. Gets another step closer to, uh, to, to 3K, only four away now. They did show a cool stat. Miguel Cabrera is like the... Of all active players, he is the greatest Yankee killer in baseball right now. Like, highest career OPS against the Yankees in out of all of, of active baseball and the only one that's over 900 in his career. 
Don't 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 forget. Don't forget how nasty Miggy was, man. Don't ever forget. I know you. If you're a Tigers fan listening to this, obviously you will never forget that. But I feel like maybe 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 some other people might. So we'll take that production from him. I guess over a full season. Torkelson, two oh seven average, seven ninety one OPS. Considering he started off O for whatever, and people were freaking out saying that he should get demoted. I think we'll take a, uh, a, a an almost 800 OPS from Torgelson at this point in the season. So that's, I guess, a win. He's been hot lately since he finally got his first big league hit. He, he's been hitting a lot better and looking a lot better at the plate. Akil Badu, 448 OPS. And I, the, the sad part about that one is that's like including a little bit, relatively speaking, of a hot streak over the last like four games. Because he started off the season... It took him a while to get on base for or to get his first hit and to get on base uh, for the first time. Tucker Barnhart has been nothing short of I don't even know what. He's been really struggling at the plate as well. 425 OP. Like this is remarkable. Our starting lineup has one, two, three, four, five, six. Six of the nine hitters that you put out there tonight have an OPS. Of- of in the 400s or lower on the season. One of those is Willie Castro. Today was his first big league game. We'll scratch him. Even if you just count him as above, not even just remove him and only make it eight dudes, even if you count him as above, that is still five of your nine hitters. That is over half of your lineup is currently rocking an OPS in the 400s or worse. What are we doing? Tough start to the year at the dish, man. Really tough start. That's brutal. That's really brutal. And Victor Reyes came into pinch hit, and he had a 590 on the year. Sub-200 batting average for those who like batting average instead. Trying to, to accommodate everybody, no matter what stat you look at. None of this is good. So, what do you do? Well... Uh, you, you gots to see it through. Like, you, you got to see it through. And some of this has to do with the injury bug. We're missing a few of our, uh, some bats, right, that, that will come up. We're missing Javi Baez, obviously, is the big one. Um, But, I mean, my goodness, man, it's just so frustrating. And I'm sure it's frustrating for them, too, without a doubt. But it's unavoidable at this point. We need... We need someone to step up here at the plate besides Austin Meadows, who's been incredible. No disrespect to Austin Meadows at all. And I'm sure, like, was it freezing cold? Yes. Both teams were in the cold. Neither pitcher on either side could grip the ball very well. Uh, The ball was dying in the outfield. Because it was cold. All of this is true. And that's why even with all the ridiculous amount of walks in this game, the final score was 4-2. to two. Like the under hit on this game. Even as, as much of a train wreck as it was for both pitchers. But this is very much a season long or up to this point in the season long issue at this point. I just said at this point way too often. I'm sorry. You got to, something's got to change. And you can't just call people up and send them down. You can't just add people to the 40 man and call people up 
because somebody struggled the first two weeks of the season. Like, you can't do that. You, you can move the lineup around, around a little bit, and I have full faith in AJ to, to make the best lineup possible every game. I have full faith in that, man. But, I, I mean, something's got to happen because the offense is laboring, to put it lightly. All right, let's get into uh, the rest of the game, some of the impressive pitching performances, and uh, maybe taking a look ahead for the rest of this week, the rest of this series as well. But first, I got to tell y'all about BlueNile.com, the original online jeweler. Really cool website. A lot of, lot of stuff coming up. Uh, Mother's Day coming up. They're really big. The site is really big on uh, Mother's Day jewelry. But also... J- I mean, nice for you can design your own jewelry. You can design something for an engagement. They're really big on engagement rings too. BlueDial.com is the original online jeweler since 1999. They've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. Blue Nile is committed to ensuring that the highest ethical standards are observed when sourcing diamonds and jewelry as well. Whether you're customizing an engagement ring or designing diamond stud earrings, online jeweler Blue Nile will allow you to create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine at a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler. There's expert advice 24-7, legendary service with 30-day returns. When you commit to a piece, so does Blue Nile. Guaranteed service and repair for life. Diamond price guarantee. Contact Blue Nile to compare a competitor's diamond against one of theirs. In most cases, they can meet or beat their price. If it's not perfect, that's no problem either. 100% satisfaction guarantee, so you can shop stress-free with guaranteed free shipping and returns on top of all that. You need your special purchase fast. They can accommodate that too. In most cases, Blue Nile can deliver overnight. Every order is insured as it arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside as well. Truly just the best in the business is what it comes down to. So this Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Tigers listeners get $50 off $500. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. So use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured. It ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. So shop stress-free. Find your forever piece. Go go to BlueNile.com today. All right, everybody, we are back here for segment two at Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, recaps of MLB games with analysts from our local experts taking fans to the season like no other network. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, just like us, baby. Uh, So we talked about how atrocious the offense has been this season. Um as far as mixing up the lineup, I think that's really all you can do. Again, it, it like there's no way you're you're sending down like Jamer Candelario. Like it's not happening, right? You're not sending down Robbie Grossman, especially with how shallow the outfield depth is now. You're not. I I don't think you're in a position where you're sending down Akil Badu yet. I think it's still too early. Did way too much last year. Made way too many adjustments last year. You're still going to keep him up. Jonathan Scope, I guess, is on an expiring deal. But, like, again, he, he's he been batting in the heart of your lineup and gives 
uh, a lineup that somewhat lacks power, especially with Baez not in it, some some pop. So I don't I don't think you're in at the point on on April 20th where you're like, oh, I'm I'm gonna I'm ready to send people down. Give me Ryan Kreidler, give me Cody Clemens, etc. Um, however, I I do think it's a ticking time bomb. A, I don't think you have all the time in the world. I think this team wants to compete this year, and B. I really think that majority of what you'll see so far is just lineup adjustments. Maybe I, I would like to see Meadows lead off. I think that'd be cool. Give give the best hitter on your team the most at-bats. Makes sense to me, right? Why not? So I, I, I'd like that, I guess, for starters. Um, maybe move Torkelson up a little bit more, but like I'm not sure you can really afford that too terribly much either. Candelario, but like then you get like where, where else are you going to put Jamer? I, I don't need to see Jamer batting eighth. Like he's still one of the better. I know we all know he's one of the better hitters in this lineup. It, it, if you have one or two dudes that are struggling, it's it's very easy to remix up the lineup. Well, it's a lot easier, I should say. Nothing about this game is easy, but it's a lot easier to mix up a lineup. And get it to a point where where you know you can move a dude down a couple of spots, maybe sandwich him in between some good hitters so you can guarantee a pitcher's gonna pitch to him. There's some ways around it. When over half your lineup is laboring, that's where it gets a little tougher. So I'll be interested. Just keep an eye on what Hinch does, right? Just keep an eye on maybe the the different looks. Uh I mean, Willie is gonna get some at bats. That that's for darn sure. Because Harold wasn't exactly tearing the cover off the ball either. So I, I think Willie's going to get some ABs between now and I believe Saturday when Baez is eligible to come off the IL. All right. So something to keep an eye on there. As, as far as the pitching goes, I, we can do, I guess, the bullpen we'll, we'll do in the entire third segment because that was eight innings. Uh, the starter will just knock out really quickly right here. All right. Tyler Alexander started this game. Um, I mean, what, what do you want me to say? He pitched an inning. He pitched one inning and wasn't removed due to injury. Like Manning wasn't something crazy like that where, where we should be worried. He was just not very effective and just got the hook. I, we, we don't need to go down the Tyler Alexander rabbit hole again. We, we really don't. I'm okay on that. Um, but he went one inning and, and had almost 45 pitches in an inning. Two walks, a hit, couple of runs. Neither of them earned. However, I think the error was technically on him. So they're not earned, but they're kind of earned. <laughs> you know, that's kind of a, a big brain move. Just be like, oh, I'm going to. I'm gonna, I think somebody texted me that. I think my buddy – oh, no, yeah, yeah, my buddy John texted me that. Big brain move to uh, to get to, – to make an error and then have those runs no longer be earned. Now that would have gotten him out of the inning, so it's not obviously, you know, real. But just not, not great. And the frustrating part of it was, for me, I didn't think he was missing the zone by that much. Now, at some point, you just got to bail on your plane of nibbling. You're not getting any calls. You are missing all your spots. You got to just go after people at some point. We, we maybe took a little bit too long to, to, to hit the abort button on that plan, right? But I, I didn't think he was missing by that much. 
I thought he was nibbling, and and there were a couple calls that could have gone his way, um, uh, especially on the inside part of the plate. He was getting nothing. I mean, like, look, Tyler Alexander, yeah, he didn't have a good start. Garrett Cole, right, like the highest-paid pitcher in the history of baseball, looked pretty much the exact same as Tyler Alexander did. So, like, not not too much deep diving and 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 a lot of analysis on that because uh, the, the situation and the circumstances in which they were asked to pitch were clearly not that great because every pitcher really struggled to grip the ball. Both teams were walking batters left and right. Um, it, it was it was just a tough one. It was a tough one to stomach for sure. That play, I mean, the pop out was terrible, man. What are we doing? What are we doing? Should Barnard have had the ball? Probably. It looks like he called for it at least. Pro- probably should have had the ball. Should a corner infielder have been closer to that ball as well? Yes. Should Tyler Alexander have probably not been even as close as he was to where the ball landed? Yeah. Probably not because again, a corner infielder probably should have been a lot more on that ball, but neither of our corner infielders were really threatening to come in and make that play whatsoever. And then he, he, he tries to, to underhand like basket catch it and it, and it pops out and, and then Barnhart, it just, uh, just all around ugly, man. Not great. So there's your analysis. Uh, on the starting pitching for the game. It wasn't good for either team. Both, everybody that took the mound for both teams tonight, which was a laundry list of people by the end of the game. uh, Everybody struggled with command. Everybody struggled with gripping the baseball. It was cold and windy. All right, it happens. But my goodness, that's, that's pretty inexcusably ugly. Like there's a there's a there's a point where it just becomes a little over the top, and you're like, all right, what are we doing here? And that's that point was certainly hit tonight. Like I said, probably for both teams. Um, I, yeah, no pitch breakdown for Alexander. None of the, I mean, nothing nothing really moved too terribly much. The command wasn't good enough, and here we are. So there you go, one inning pitched of Tyler Alexander. Great analysis. Uh, we will get into the bullpen and wrap up this recap. Right after I tell y'all about Built Bar, you got to try the Puffs. I've been telling y'all about the Puffs for a minute. You got to try them. If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. They're the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They're all so good. These are going to be your new favorite. I promise you. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, puffs included. It's 100% real chocolate. They're like that. All right. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You compare that to a candy bar, which usually has about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. They think a flavor might be good. They'll make it. They will be delicious, and it will be good for you. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, 
and then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but honestly, they pull it off every single time. So go to build.com right now. Use promo code LOCK15. You can get 15% off of your order. It's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, everybody. We are back here for our third and final segment here at Locked on Tigers. Uh, Tigers drop this one 4-2 to two to the New York Yankees in Comerica, a frigid, windy Comerica Park. Uh, not a lot of great pitching. I did think there was some positives to take out of this game in the bullpen. We've talked a lot of negatives. The first two segments have pretty much been exclusively negative. Let's talk about some of the positives from this game because I still think there is some. Uh, first off, Alex Lang. Talk to him nice. We've been, if you've been a listener of this show, you've been new. We all, we all knew. We've all known for a minute, right? We've been talking about this dude since, since last season. If you want to go back that far and you've been listening for that long, we've been talking about this dude, Alex Lang, since last season and how nasty his stuff is. And if he can get even a remote amount of control, it's over, right? Comes into spring ball. We're hyping him up a lot. The season starts. He's had one stinker of an outing. Outside of that, he has looked pretty damn good, if I don't say so myself. So Alex Lang continues to look very, very impressive. Uh, did have the one walk to Anthony Rizzo, but a strikeout and two ground outs when you have to go through Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, Anthony Rizzo, and DJ LeMahieu. Those are the dudes he faced. Those are the four dudes. He didn't give up a hit, gave up one walk, and struck out two of them. Clean inning. Can't get much better than that in my eyes. Beautiful outing from Alex Lang. If you don't know, now you know, right? Now you know. Alex Lang's the dog. Um, Michael Fulmer, I thought, looked phenomenal in this game. And I thought that slider was looking pretty nice. I was pretty impressed with the Michael Fulmer slider in this game. And it not that it's been bad all year or anything like that, but we talked about it actually just on yesterday's show, how he was throwing it a lot more. And it was a pretty effective pitch. And it certainly was in this game as well. He ends with two strikeouts in the one inning pitched. 19 pitches thrown, 11 of them were the slider. He's clearly going to the well. Uh, only four sinker, two four seam. And then the last two were a changeup. For all you people wondering who the, what, that are good, really good at math and just did that in their head. Not me. So uh, I'm all about this new... We're just going to throw the slider as much as humanly possible because it's a damn good pitch for Michael Fulmer. All about it. Keep keep it going. It's been a really good pitch since he was a starter. It's been a really good pitch for him since he was a rookie. I'm totally okay with just going to the well and realizing that it's a damn good pitch. It's almost like a cutter. It's kind of like a little bit of a, a mix of both. I mean, it's a slider that goes like 91 miles an hour. So uh, I'm cool with just throwing it as much as he can. Uh, Joe Jimenez. In this game, um, finally gives up a run. Some of that might be my fault because I literally just said he had, hadn't given up a run all year on yesterday's episode. And then first episode after that, he gives up a run. First game after that, I should say. So that uh, a little bit, I'll take some responsibility for the Joe Jimenez run given up. 
But as a whole, uh, I'm still very impressed with how good his fastball looks. It is lively. People are are, are having a really hard time barreling it up. Uh, it, it's getting a lot of whiffs. It's getting a lot of, of called strikes. He's His command on it, that's the phrase, it has been pretty solid this year. The slider di- didn't look as effective, wasn't as effective in this game, or, or at least when it was hit, it was hit really hard. He did get some whiffs on it as well. But I, I continue to be impressed with Joe Jimenez. So even though it wasn't the greatest outing from him, uh, I, I don't think that this was a catastrophic, oh, we're, we're back to the old Joe Jimenez. Like, no, he still, he still looked pretty darn good, and his stuff still looked as it has all year, which is good. So not too worried about that performance. Um, who else pitched in this game? Goodness. I guess we can just work backwards because we kind of already did Fulmer, Joe, and Lang. So, yeah, we can just work backwards. Jacob Barnes, how about that cutter? How about that Jacob Barnes cutter, baby? It's actually weird. He kind of did a flip in this game. Uh, he did have his whiffs and his called strikes, and and the cutter was still a, a, a pretty effective pitch in those regards, right? Two whiffs, uh, threw it 11 times, two whiffs, and had two called strikes, so four strikes total on it. Um, the two balls put in play, though, were hit pretty damn hard. 96 and 99 miles an hour off the bat. Now, they didn't end up mattering because they were right at people. So that's chill. But was hit pretty hard. And then the four seam in this one was only hit in play one time, and it was weak contact. The thing with Barnes so far this season has been the continuous, the cutter gets hit for soft contact. People can't barrel it up. The cutter's been super effective. The four seam gets hit really hard. This game, he kind of flipped it, but the cutter was still pretty effective. I'm, I'm all about Jacob Barnes right now. All about it. Is it sustainable? Who knows? Nobody knows. Uh, is he going to be a staple in this bullpen for years to come? Who knows? Not me. Not you. But so far this season, I've been really impressed with the Jacob Barnes cutter. And I'm okay with rolling him out there as like the fourth or fifth highest leverage reliever uh, to just tell him to go out there and, and and throw as many cutters as he can for an inning. I'm totally fine with that. So pretty, pretty impressed with his performance. And then, uh, well, let's do Will Vest. Okay. Wow. We do so many pitchers. Goodness gravy. Ronnie Garcia. I guess we can get him out of the way through 12 pitches. Uh, cracked his fingernail was removed from the game. Uh, I mean, that pitch is going to be, used as a meme for a very long time it it was it was not great uh you know somewhere 50 cent is is smiling it it was it didn't look good cracked fingernail also it's really hard to pitch with a cracked fingernail so none of this oh why is he leaving the game because of a cracked fingernail whatever that's uh i mean if that thing is like shattered shattered that's like that, that becomes very difficult to pitch. That that is actually of a, a reasonable gripe, I think, to leave a game, even if you're not in like pain actively. That being said, this team never fails to amaze me with because, uh, like, up to that point, right? We had just had the error, we had had the pop out that bounced around uh, out of Tyler Alexander's glove. You know, <laughs> Garrett Cole event, like, he had his inning. All this is happening early in the game. It was an hour and a half, first two innings. And then a ball is spiked into the ground 
and it, and, he, and he somehow managed to to like shatter his fingernail on the bump. I, just what a ridiculous game! So not too much analysis from Ronnie Garcia, but uh, I I hope that he he's okay. I hope his fingernail recovers nicely. I guess uh, I think the biggest thing is just going to be whether it's severe enough where he lands on the IL or and and somebody else has to get called up or if uh maybe they're, they'll just tape it up and, and hope that he he can come back out there in a game or two but uh besides that not not really too much to say about Ronnie Will Vest Will Vest threw 26 pitches two of them were swings and misses both on the changeup had eight called strikes however six of them on his four seam fastball I was pretty impressed with Will Vest. That's a bar. I was pretty impressed with Will Vest. I, w- I was pretty impressed with him. Gave up a lot of hard contact on the four seam when it wasn't taken for a strike, but it was taken for a strike almost half the time it was thrown. I, I-, I thought it was a-, a-, a reasonably effective pitch, and the- it was actually only put in play one time. It was cranked, but it was only put in play once, fouled off three times. I, I was pretty impressed with him, and he's had a roller coaster of a professional career, but t- for this point at this point in the season uh again like we have so many depth issues in, in the rotation and in the bullpen we need dudes to step up and for the time being as it stands right now I, I guess I'm pretty okay with with Will Vest getting some uh some innings if our starting pitcher goes an inning and we just need to put how many people pitch this game one two three four five eight I'm okay if, if we're running eight pitchers deep, I'm okay with one of them being Will Vest. There you go. Hot take. I'm okay with him being in the top seven dudes we go to in the bullpen, given that half of our bullpen is also on the IL too. What a train wreck of a start of a season. Unbelievable. We finally have a fun off season. We finally have these, these kids are coming up. And I, I still believe in the year, and it's still unbelievably early. And I think this frustration will pass for all of us. But, like, you just want to start off hot because you have so much excitement around the team. You just want to start off well. And, and goodness gracious, we just managed to for everybody to get hurt. And the offense that, that isn't hurt can't hit. It'll pass. It'll pass. We'll be all right. We'll be all right. Yes, I'm trying to convince myself too, but we'll be all right. Uh, Who else pitched in this game? I think there's one person left that I haven't gone over yet, and I want to make sure I cover everybody. Oh, Willie Peralta. Yeah, the dog. Man, in in case you forgot, Willie Peralta is that dude. Uh, Really, really unbelievably impressive outing from Willie Peralta. Uh, if, If I were to give out a player of the game award, it would comfortably go to Willie Peralta, and it's not even particularly close. He was phenomenal. Four whiffs on 38 pitches, uh, five balls put in play, but they were all very weak contact, except one. I think one single ball was cranked at like 103 or 104 miles an hour. Uh, And besides that, it was all weak contact. The splitter. He threw the splitter more than anything. He talked last year. He actually said he wanted to throw it slightly less. Said, 
screw that noise today and just kept going back to the well because it was a very effective pitch. Uh, nobody could get uh, – it was put in play once on 16 pitches uh, and called for a strike on four of those as well. Sinker was good. Slider was good. Only threw the four-seamer once, but, I, I mean, it was, a, it was a called strike, so why not? Willie Peralta's the dog, and he's going to eat some pretty valuable – and important innings for this team, especially early on in the year when we have this injury bug going around. And we we knew this. Like, he was really effective last year. Also, no slouch in the velo, man. Like, Willie Peralta can pump 94-95. In case you forgot, Willie Peralta's still that dude. So, um, I think that's everybody. That is everybody. Finally got through everybody that touched the mound for the Detroit Tigers in this game. Uh, we're way over time again. I have a habit of doing that. I apologize. Okay. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Lockdown MLB. Host Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. We're going to be all right. Uh, but there's definitely some problems that we need to discuss, and and I feel like we we – aired those out finally and brought attention to them today. So back at it tomorrow. Same time, same place, baby. You know the deal. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. And I'll catch you all then. Go Tigers, baby.